Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. Time now for the Danny Mac Show with BK, getting you inside the cards and St. Louis sports on 101 ESPN. Curious if there is an aggressive team or two who might consider this an opportunity to swoop in and sign some free agents. Not the big guys, the Carlos Correa's, Corey Seegers. They're, they're going to wait and see what money is is eventually going to be out there. But you know, for the second tier and third tier free agents, a, a smart team might jump in. Well, that was uh, from a. A conversation last week, Dave Schoenfeld on the uh, Danny Mac show with BK. It's a Tuesday edition. Teams jumping into the free agent market before the CBA expires. Well, we're getting an answer to that, and we're getting an answer to that again this morning. Uh, welcome to the show, everyone. So according to reports, the Blue Jays have reached an extension with Jose Barrios for seven years, 131. Pretty good. 18-7 AAV. And the Angels signed Noah Syndergaard, a one-year deal for $21 million. And uh, now you start seeing the market taking shape. Interesting with uh, Noah Syndergaard, because they had made a one-year $18.4 million qualifying offer last week. And now they get uh, draft pick compensation for his departure. So that's kind of a risky thing if you're the Angels. And we know that, that uh, draft pick compensation is something that teams do not like to deal with because they want under those draft picks. So Thor is 29 and basically has missed most of the last two seasons. And the last season that he was fully healthy, he was giving up a ton of runs. So it's a chancy move there by the Angels. Yeah, it's very risky and they're going pure upside. This is the yeah. move that I did not want the Cardinals to make, Dan, because I just didn't think it made a whole lot of sense given the construction of their current rotation and how much risk they are already taking on within that rotation. I don't know that I would have made this move if I was the Angels either, to be totally honest with you. If I'm going the one-year route, I think there are other guys that I would rather go with. I even think Justin Verlander would be a guy that if I'm if I'm going upside and I'm going with the risk of somebody returning from injury, I think I would bet on Justin Verlander returning from injury more so than I would Syndergaard. That being said, if you're right, if they end up being proven correct on this, they've got an ace. I mean, Noah Syndergaard at his best is one of the best pitchers in the sport. We just haven't just, seen it in two and a half years now. Even beyond then. I mean, it's been a long time. It, to me, what it tells me is that the Angels realize that they have Otani. They've got Trout coming back healthy next year. And they don't have enough pitching. This so, feels desperate. Yeah. Like, throw throw a, a big contract to, for one year at this guy, and we ain't done. Like, we're going to dive in and redo this thing because... Who knows how much longer we're going to have Otani? How much is that going to cost? We're already paying Rendon a boatload. We're already paying Trout a boatload. Now the Pujols numbers come off the books, but still, they've got a lot of work to do. It's not just about Noah Syndergaard, and it's it's really taking a flyer. But I, I would say, though, for Artie Moreno, what's $21 million? That's fair. You know, it's just like, okay, let's throw it. Hopefully it sticks to the wall, and we get a bullseye with this thing as we're throwing darts at it, and all of a sudden we get a, a guy that for $21 million was great for one year. And uh, he's a compliment to, and I say compliment, 
to the others that we're going to bring in. This is just the beginning is the way I would look at it. Yeah, and he they need like probably three or four exactly. more starters potentially exactly. to be added this offseason. So maybe this is a situation where they add Noah Syndergaard and they get John Gray and they go out and get another maybe Zach Grinke type. And so you're building in that stability sure. with the other players within the rotation. And then on top of that, oh, by the way, here, throw in this potential lottery dice roll and it might work out for him. That that would make a lot more sense. This is just the first piece to the puzzle. I am a little surprised that he ended up going elsewhere. I just assumed he would take the qualifying offer. I did too. I didn't think anybody would be willing to give up the draft pick compensation. No and question. that's maybe the part that surprises me the most about the Angels. It makes me wonder if they're going to go big on somebody else as well. Because once you get one the pick compensation reduces every time that you add another in one off season. So I wonder if there's more to this puzzle in terms of the other big time players that the angels are going to be going after this off season. I may be wrong about this, but maybe they are reading what the next CBA is going to look like, which is, you know, when now this happens with this CBA. So I would assume that this sticks, but they're saying, look, we don't care because we got a lot of money that we can throw at problems anyway, where other teams are saying, when we have problems, we need to draft well and develop. And, oh, by the way, this could be the final year of dealing with draft pick compensation attached to free agents. Free agents don't like that. The players want that gone. And I do think that that'll be something that happens so that teams don't feel restricted in going out in free agency and signing players because, I mean, the Cardinals are like that, I think, at times. They looked at it and said, do we really want to do that if we lose a pick? Unless you're desperate, unless you have to do something for next year, and the free, if you're a free agent, you're saying, man, I don't want to be uh, attached to this because I understand that where the game has gone the last five years, it's all about draft and develop and going younger, and teams don't want to give up those draft picks. Yeah, think about it from a team's perspective, right? Like, put yourself in John Mosellock's shoes. What would I rather do? Would I rather, if it's close, sign this pitcher over here on the right who is tied to a second-round pick, basically, for the Cardinals. So I've got to give up a second-round pick and give him a similar compensation in terms of the money to this other guy who all I have to do is just give him that same amount of money. And they're pretty similar in terms of the overall caliber of pitchers that they are. I'm going to go with the guy that I don't have any compensation uh, in terms of the draft pick tied to. So it makes all the sense in the world to remove this from the equation. I do think that it's interesting that this is where the market has been set for these guys. I think you're looking at if you're going high upside, high risk players, the cap is now around $20 million. So I would assume Justin Verlander is going to get somewhere south of that. Um, If you're looking at the guys, I, I find the Jose Barrios contract very interesting as well. There is some difference here because he has one year left on his contract. So he's not actually getting out to the open market. He's similar in terms of how he pitches stylistically, though, Dan, to Marcus Stroman. Do you think Stroman now is around that $20 million AAV? Is that probably where we can set the market for him in That's your, what I in said your in mind? The crossover. So I was saying like five for 125. I think it's going to be a little bit below that. Um, but I don't I, think I would do that. Yeah. And here's why I would be very careful about that with the Cardinals, knowing how they run their business a little bit, or at least from the outside looking in. I've got Matthew Libertor coming. They've got a couple other pitchers that they like coming. I want to keep Jack Flaherty, I'm assuming. i got to pay him. I'm going to have to pay Tyler O'Neill pretty soon. i got arbitration coming up with Dylan Carlson. What's Tommy Edmond look like? I'd like to keep him. Also, Harrison Bader, am I going to keep the band together? And then i got corner guys that are making you know, $25, 30000000 million a year. 
do I want years three, four, and five to be very cost prohibitive for me because I'm paying Marcus Stroman $20 million a year? On a pitcher. Yeah, and I, I think he's probably looking at least at a four-year, if not a five-year. So that's where I would be tentative and make now if you said he was going to come here for one year because he's trying to, you know, reset oh, his that's market. Different. Sure. Yeah. I mean, sure. Pay him let's do it. $28 million at that point. Like a one year deal. Like I can get, if you want to go up on the AAV, I'm fine with that. Exactly. So that's where my concern would be. I'd be really, I would love to be a fly in the wall and what they think about Max Scherzer short term and a high AAV. If they're willing to up the payroll, it makes a ton of sense. Right. But it would require them doing something that they have not done previously. So then where they you, get uncomfortable with their payroll for one season. And then you're feeling comfortable with Newt Bar, Yepes, uh, at some point Gorman. Your bullpen. Liberator coming. And you're like, yeah, we buy in. He, the, these guys we think are major league guys. Man, right? It is, you, can dedi- you, you can't dedicate the other money other places if you're going to give it to Max Scherzer. If you do this, it would basically be a redo of last offseason where... Last year, essentially, they brought back the entire band and added Nolan Arenado to it. This year, it would be we're bringing back the band and adding Max Scherzer to it. It's not the route that I would go. It doesn't seem to be the route that if you listen to any of the comments that they've made both publicly and based on some of the reporting, apparently privately, they sound like they're going the depth route. But is that depth potentially coming from within? I would lean no. See, but we're doing talk radio, so that's what makes this fun. (laughs) Yeah, I would lean no. But it's interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, you can't tell me it's not compelling to think about For what sure. this team would look like with Max Scherzer, Jack Flaherty, Adam Wainwright, Dakota Hudson, and Miles Michaelis in your rotation. Super interesting. Here's a question for you, though, Dan. After watching the playoffs the last few years, do you have the same advantage by having that starting pitching advantage now in the postseason compared to what it was six years ago? I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure. What you're thinking on that? Starting pitchers typically go five innings yeah. now in the postseason. Even if he got really good ones. Max Scherzer this postseason okay, was this going is, five. This is where I would counter it. Sure. Is that if I brought the guys back, the band together, I'm going to throw Luis Garcia in there too. Somehow I'm going to bring him back. Um, if the Cardinals get past the Dodgers, I felt like they were set up better than other teams because of their pitching. The way that Cody Whitley finished up this year. But was year. that about the depth in the bullpen? Yes. Or about their rotation? No, no, no. Not the rotation. Depth That's in the why bull- I wouldn't sign. What you just said is why I wouldn't sign Max Scherzer, and I would add more to the depth of the pitching staff. Here's the other thing. Um, do you buck the trend, though, and you say, we understand that that's where the game has gone, um, but... I've got Max Scherzer. I've got Wayno that goes deep. I'm okay letting certain guys go deeper than others. Jack Flaherty being another one. I understand it's a copycat league. Yeah. That doesn't make it right. You're going the 2019 yes. Nationals route. Yes. I mean, not obviously with Scherzer, it's the easy comp, but so, that would be that's the most recent team that's done it that way. Here's the thing, though. If, if I got some guys that are a little long in the tooth, uh, there'd be times I'd push them in the regular season, but I'd, I'd look at the... Uh, yeah, we're going to we're going to maybe drop some battles to win the war. So I'm going to cut down on some of those innings. I mean, the Dodgers rode Scherzer hard, man, at the end of the year. Kind of surprised. I understand why they were doing it. They were trying to catch San Francisco so they didn't have the one game play in. You want to win the division. You want to get the, the five games instead of the or the three instead of the one. I get that. Or no, is it one? And then, yeah, five. So thank you. Got to win three. Well, you got to win four if you win the first and then win the three. But you know where I'm going with this. So um, I, I 
I think, I, I mean, if, if he's, if it's something that's on the table for them, man, I'm kicking the tires. I'm saying, yeah, I've, I've really kind of turned my thinking on this stuff. Interesting. Because I, I, I keep have... watching these guys bash at the Arizona Fall League. And granted, it's the Arizona Fall League. But I know how the Cardinals have operated here under John Mozeliak. They push from oh, within. I would not be surprised at all if going into next year, your bench includes Juan Yepes, Nolan Gorman, and Lars Newpar. Yeah. That would not even a little bit surprise me at it, this it, point. It wouldn't. I would prefer to see a veteran of some Whip, sort, yeah. but I get it. You know, if they had to dedicate resources another way that they felt was going to win, and they say, yeah, we, we feel pretty good about this. Okay. So here's a question for you, Dan. If we're going this route, okay. if you're adding Max Scherzer, you told me yesterday, I, I think I'd like to add two. At that point, you don't. Oh, right? no, no. <laughs> I can't. That, that's what I was saying before. Then I'm, I'm bought in that Matthew Liberator is Matthew Liberator, and I'm seeing him at some point, and maybe that is my other guy. Maybe he's the guy. So when I say two, I'm saying he's B, and A is the guy I go out and get. Okay. Yeah. And I, I'm throwing Jake Woodford in there, too, you know, because I'm not sure where Jake Woodford would fit once you add one or two guys. Um, is he in your rotation or is he the de facto six starter, number one at Memphis? Could be, you know, um, I just feel like if I can add that guy, man, I, I also think in terms of excitement for a fan base. And I mean, this place would go ballistic if you added Max Scherzer. They would. Yep. I think I think the majority, maybe not all, but majority of fans would say, you know what? This is pretty cool. Hometown kid coming home, and uh, he's one of the—he's a future Hall of Famer, and he's still at the top of his game. And we got him. It would be totally worthy of all of the excitement that would take place here in St. Louis. I can't get off of Sean Mania though. I just—I I look at it, and if you're telling me the A's are going to blow it up this offseason, which every report indicates. Hey, you want Matt Olson? Come give us an offer. You want to get uh, Chapman? Sure. Come give us an offer. You want to get one of our pitchers? We got a bunch of them. Go ahead and give us all of the offers. They want to get off of all of their money. Anybody that makes any amount of money, they want to trade them this offseason. Including their manager. Yeah, everything. <laughs> right. If they can shed payroll in any way, shape, or form, go ahead and come after those guys. It just makes so much sense on a one-year deal, kind of going back to what you said about Max Scherzer, it does open up that spot in the rotation for 2022, potentially for Liberator. Manai is the same thing. And after the season, you can give him the QO if it goes well. I get it. You get the draft pick compensation. If that's so, you're thinking like a reasonable person. I I don't want to. I just want to go have some fun with other people's money. I'm also being unreasonable, though. If you can get a deal that includes Paul DeYoung going in the other way. And by the way, do you know who the A's shortstop is right now? It's like 37-year-old uh, Andrews, Elvis Andrews. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did know that. He's yep. not good anymore, Dan. <laughs> they need somebody that can man that position. And you could look at DeYoung in this case as an upside play for them where they could potentially flip him either at midseason yeah, or next offseason. million bucks. Yeah, it's a reasonable deal for him. You trade DeYoung, you trade a pitching prospect, you get Sean Manaya in here, makes a lot of sense for the Cardinals. Then you go get your shortstop. Go get him for $20, $25 million per year, and you've gone exactly to the payroll that you expected to going into the offseason because you had $4 million going from DeYoung to Manaya, and you've got your shortstop. So I'm being a little unreasonable as well. Not necessarily. It's it's doable. I mean, all, all this stuff is doable. That's what makes this stuff fun. Which one do you think would be more exciting for Cardinals fans? Max Scherzer. You think? I think he's at the top of everyone's list. Again, I could be wrong, but I do think that that is where a lot of, again, it's the hometown tiebreaker going to 
oh, by the way, he's also a future Hall of Famer. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I watched him pitch at Mizzou, and I watched him at Parkway, and, you know, it's it, it'd just be cool to see the kid come home and finish it all up here. Yeah, I, I think he he's the one that would excite the fan base more because you're you're thinking more like a, a, a business person sure. that is also improving your, your team. But yeah, is I got Trevor gl- Story yeah. and a legit number two or three starter that's like 29 years old. So I, I do think that made the team better. But Max Scherzer is, well, Max Scherzer is yeah. awesome. Somebody says, uh, this is hilarious. You guys are setting yourselves up to be greatly disappointed. Not necessarily. Did you see Goldschmidt? Uh, what is it? T217. Did you see Arenado coming? No, I didn't. I We talked about Arenado a lot last offseason. I'm not going to say that we predicted that it would happen for sure. I, I do think there were reasons to believe that could happen. Um, it was just the contract. The was just so, was, nobody saw that. I mean, the, the contract, though, for Arenado, I thought there was no way. They're not going to pay a guy that kind of money. I didn't think they were going to be able to get Colorado to pay $50 million and you give up. A guy that was like your fifth best starter and not a whole lot else. I mean, it it was a stunning move in every possible way for the Rockies. Rookie of the year in the American League was announced yesterday and the National League. We're going to get into that in just a moment. But uh, Anthony Castrovins will be our guest as well. Always like visiting with him. He's got great insight in what's happening with MLB. Back to more of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. it into right. That's got a chance. Tucker to the wall. Gone! Home run off the bat of a Rosarena. An opposite field blast. And the Rays lead 3-2. to two. There goes a Rosarena! He steals home in October! Exciting player, no longer with St. Louis. That's Randy Rosarena, and he wins the American League Rookie of the Year. Um, after being the ALCS MVP a year ago. So, yeah, that's tough to swallow when you're a Cardinals fan from one perspective. Another perspective is you get a top pitcher back, potentially, and your outfield actually came of age this year. So if we're talking about this, which we were this time last year, very frustrating from a Cardinal perspective. I think you handle it a little bit easier, BK, when you watched uh, Tyler O'Neill turn into one of the top outfielders and win his second consecutive gold glove, Harrison Bader wins a gold glove, could have won the platinum, and Dylan Carlson is one of the top young players in the game. So you have that trio, and as I've always said, with trades, you have to let them play out. you got to let them play out five or ten years and then see where it all ends. And if Matthew Libertor becomes a front-end starter, it just took a while, but then you go, okay, the deal made some sense, I can live with it. Currently, it's been lopsided. It's Tampa Bay because of what you're getting at the major league level. But let time play out and see where this thing goes. Yeah, it it still is frustrating to see what the Cardinals gave up in that deal because you're watching a very good young player. But it makes it a whole lot easier to deal with when you're watching what's in the corner outfields for the Cardinals right now. Where's yep. the place? Where are you putting uh, Randy Rosarena? this year in this Cardinals lineup. It it just didn't really exist. Dylan Carlson had to play every day. Tyler O'Neill had to play every day. They're both better defensively, which is something that this team values than Randy Orozarain out there. Randy is a great player, a great one, and he's going to continue to be a great one. There were questions coming into this year. Can he sustain what he did in the postseason? Those were all legitimate. Well, he wasn't Babe Ruth, 
but he was a very good player and an incredible hitter at the plate. So it's frustrating to see that. I think based on a, what you have in the outfield right now, that makes it hurt a lot less and B some of the returns that you saw in Matthew Libertor this year, especially down the stretch where it seems like he figured some stuff out down in AAA. If Libertor becomes a, I don't know, legitimate number two or three starter for you and you've got good players in the corners, I think that everything starts to even out a little bit. For sure it does. You got to give up good players to get good players. The Cardinals did give up a good player. This would be one of their better trades recently, though, if it works out with Matthew Liberatore. Now that's the last piece that has to come together for the Cardinals. I, I do think, though, it was a situation where the Cardinals looked at it and go, okay, this time last year, remember Tyler O'Neill was on the bench when you were eliminated by the Padres. Now, Dylan Carlson was batting fourth in that final game in 2020. It it did, though, remind them, hey, we need to do probably a harder look at our own talent and realize what we have here. Let's make sure. Mo said that publicly. Yeah, before we make these moves. And again, this one very well could work out, especially if Libertor is the kind of pitcher that they expect him to be. A lot of things have to happen and go right. You know, a lot of things need to work in terms of his health becoming a rotation type player or pitcher and and the fact that he is successful has some type of success to where you can accept this a little bit easier but to the point I'm making it does make you look and say and evaluate before we pull the trigger on this thing let's go around the table and say and and have an honest open conversation what are you seeing what are you seeing should we do this it's a potentially you know you got to remember what he did at Memphis that year too the year before, and he was tearing it up, yep. tearing it up. I mean, he was hitting 350 all year and all over the place and athletic. So are we giving up a, a guy that we feel we know can be pretty good? Probably didn't expect him to be this good because if he, if they if, if he's going to be this good, I don't think they, they make that deal. Let's advance it. Look at Juan Yepes. Look yep. at the guys that are currently on their way to the big leagues for next season. Let's find out what they got. I, I would have to imagine this is in the back of their mind as they're watching those guys as well. If you've got players that just crushed down in AAA, and they did, and then they went to the Arizona Fall League, as you mentioned in the opening segment, Dan. And you already know a little bit about Newpar. I mean, he he's had a nice little run here at the Major League level, too. Let's find out what they can do. Yeah. Let's, let's see what this looks like with them in these roles. No, they're not going to be playing every day, but uh, get them some opportunities in advantageous matchups. Let's see what they can do out there as well. Jonathan India wins it for the Cincinnati Reds. No surprise there. The rookie of the year, Dylan Carlson, finished third. Anthony Castrovince of MLB.com is next. Can't get enough cards talk? You've come to the right place. Back to more of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. Awesome to uh, get the chance to catch up with Anthony Castrovents, and you can read his work on MLB.com, a contributor to the MLB Network. I have read uh, A Fan's Guide to Baseball Analytics, which I love, and he uh, obviously was behind that. Anthony, welcome to St. Louis again on ESPN, 101 ESPN, and uh, thanks for your time this morning. How are you? Um, well, thanks for having me, and, and thanks for the book plug as well. That's always nice. I love the book. I uh, I do games for a living, so I jump into analytics, and I try to explain it to fans. I probably don't do a very good job of that, but, you know, it helped me out too, <laughs> so thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. That's, that's, that's the goal, just to make it uh, relatable and, and 
you know, somewhat easy to, to define these, these wonky uh, terms we've got in baseball these days. It can be hard to relay that. To I, I, I experienced that try to relay it to my readers, so I, I know what you're going through uh, as a broadcaster as well. Oh, yeah, I get yelled at a lot, but it's okay. It, it's fine. No, no problem. <laughs> um, you know, I, I am curious what you thought of, and there's been a lot of talk of maybe the Cardinals taking a look at Marcus Stroman, and now that you have Noah Syndergaard, uh, getting the 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 one year deal with the Angels, did the Mets go back to Stroman and maybe up the ante a little bit? What do you, what do you think happens there? Well, I think they should. Um, I, I think uh, re-signing Stroman needs to be a priority for that because they have a lot of you know big not not just question marks but big question marks in their rotation with the injury troubles that Jacob Degrom had last year and, and Carlos Carrasco as well. There's just not a lot of certainty in that rotation and. Stroman's really interesting because for a guy who does not have overpowering stuff, has never been a high strikeout guy, he is a guy who constantly, you know, adjusts and adapts and has been fairly durable. Um, obviously, 2020, uh, you know, missed 20, that shortened 2020 season, but it really seemed to benefit him this year. You know, he was strong, he was healthy, he was very successful, and he's in a really good place in his free agency. So, there's really no reason the Mets should let him get away. They have the capital to, to keep him, and they have the incentive to keep him, but it doesn't always work out that way. I think there are a lot of us who just kind of assume Noah Syndergaard would be back with the Mets as well, and that actually uh, did not happen. What do you think is his, is going to be his market? Like, Are we looking at a $20-plus million per year deal for Marcus Stroman, or do you think because he doesn't have that strikeout stuff, it ends up being depressed a little bit? Well, it's interesting because um, – I do think that's that's possible because you know part of that is is the market itself and, and where he falls within that. Now you might prioritize a guy like Robbie Ray coming off a, a Cy Young you know caliber season, or um, you know Kevin Gossman uh, you know is, is coming off a fantastic year as well um, and a nice stretch for him with the Giants. But you know some people might consider Stroman honestly the the top starter available in this market just because uh, you know again of the the longer track record um, and just the, I guess the higher floor, you know, uh, as opposed to the, the wild swings of a Robbie Ray. Um, so, you know, what that equates to, I don't know. I mean, five and a hundred could be, you know, somewhere in that vicinity. So that's 20 million a year. I think that's, that's possible for him in this market. Um, things are at an interesting juncture right now in MLB because of you know, the crackdown on the sticky substances last season. And, you know, who was able to navigate that on the mound and who wasn't. And, and the, the league is always changing and adapting and evolving in terms of how, you know, what's trendy and in, in terms of how pitchers uh, approach opposing hitters. And um, so again, having, having a guy who has shown that in his career, that ability to adapt and, and still be, you know, successful. I think that's important. You know, he's strong 31 years old. There's, there's, uh, there's every reason to believe there's still a lot of uh, innings left in that arm. So, um, so, yeah, that, you know, long story short, that would not surprise me one bit. Absolutely. Anthony, you could imagine the uh, interest level of a Max Scherzer for so many fan bases. And certainly here in St. Louis for a guy that uh, called St. Louis home, pitched at Missouri down the road, Mizzou Hall of Famer, and now headed to Cooperstown at some point and still at the top of his game. Um, if you're Max Scherzer and you wake up and you see Noah Syndergaard, uh, Syndergaard get that kind of money and some of the numbers that we're talking about, Jose Barrios, what he got with Toronto this morning, uh, the price tag looks like it goes up. What do you think the market is right now, teams and years and money for Max Scherzer? Yeah, it's 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 the years more than anything that will be 
fascinating. Um, you know, he's not getting another seven-year deal. We know that. I, the question for me is, does he get that third year uh, at his age? You know, 37 years old, does he get that third-year guarantee? And, you know, you could be looking at the first, you know, the, the first $40 million average annual value pitcher. Uh, that's that's well within his capability, just given that pedigree and, and given not just what he brings to a mound, but to a clubhouse. You know, that that's one of those – he's on the very short list of guys who walk into a clubhouse and it's a different place, you know. Um, it, it's just a different feel. And it's, it's a more, uh, you know, we aren't just good. We are World Series caliber good. Um, but you have to juxtapose that against his age and, and just the sheer number of innings he's thrown. It's not just the regular season innings, but the postseason innings that he's thrown over the years. We saw him kind of run out of gas uh, in the playoffs this year and, um, you know, creates questions for him moving forward. If you look at, if you really, you know, want to get granular and, and dig into him, his, his profile, there, there were some, you know, some red flags uh, in, in terms of, uh, you know, the movement on some of his pitches and, and again, how, how the very end of the season played out for him. Um, so you balance that against just the, the guy you're getting, the competitor you're getting, the track record you're getting. It's a really fascinating free agent case. And, and again, to me, it'll be really interesting to see if he gets that third year guarantee. We're talking to Anthony Castrovins here on 101 ESPN. Anthony, that mid-tier pitching market is what I'm fascinated with for the Cardinals because I think that's probably mm-hmm. going to be what they try to target this offseason, and that's kind of the John Gray, Anthony DiSclafani, Stephen Matz area. When you try to compare that range of the pitching market to a guy like Sean Manaya, for example, who very well may be available mm-hmm. this offseason from the Oakland A's, which route do you think could make more sense for a team like the Cardinals? Well, I like John Gray a lot. Um, you know, it, it could be a classic case of a guy leaving cores or, uh, you know, but the, there's also people who point to his, his road numbers um, and say, is that the guy he is? Cause that might not be that encouraging. I, I don't know where the numbers will get for him, but, um, but he's, he's interesting. All those guys are interesting. Um, the Cardinals are just knowing their, their history, their track record are, are probably more likely to look for the value. Um, and not that there's not value with John Gray and Scalfani, but, but those guys um, are, are probably more obvious uh, selections. And as you alluded to, I mean, sometimes it is the less obvious uh, players, you know, further down the pecking order uh, who turn out to be the best value. Uh, and, and that could be a, a Manaya. Um you know, there's always somebody every year. There's somebody who comes out of the woodwork of free agency to, to exceed expectations. You know, uh, you look at like a guy like you say, Kikuchi, who's probably, you know, a little underrated, um, in this market. Um, yeah, I just, I wouldn't be surprised if that's, that's where the Cardinals reside. Um, as much as we like the Max Scherzer back to St. Louis storyline and it could happen. Um, you know, I, my mind just goes to the value plays just because that's, that's been more their formula. I mean, even Nolan Arnato was a, a value play just because of the, you know, the structure of that trade and that deal. Um, it was not, you know, a, a really go for broke mentality. It was, it was a, a value equation for them. So until proven otherwise, I just expect that to, to be the case again. I'm curious what you've thought. Anthony Castrovins is our guest from MLB.com and also uh, MLB Network. What you've thought of of teams spending money prior to the CBA, uh, you know, coming up, and all of a sudden you have a lockout. Did you anticipate that this would happen, yeah. and would you anticipate more teams doing this? You know, 
the extension. So like, like Jose Barrios, uh, as an example, this morning extensions. Yes. Uh, free agent signings like Eduardo Rodriguez coming off the board so quickly and, and Noah Syndergaard. Uh, I mean, that that's Syndergaard's a little more straightforward. It's a very short term deal, obviously, but, but Eduardo Rodriguez, you know, that kind of deal surprised me. Cause I, I had him as our, one of our top 25 free agents this winter. And, um, it's nice to see a guy like that come off the board, you know, that, that kind of uh, aggressive mentality on, on the point of the Tigers amidst, you know, a, a period where, where people could be a little, you know, you know, uh, a little more, um, you know, just leaning towards <laughs> waiting for things to play out. So that, that was nice to see, um, you know, what that means moving forward. None of us knows. We all know the, what's in the air. We all have, our you know thoughts or expectations on how this will play out i think there's generally a consensus uh expectation that you know we we could be shut down for a little bit as they continue to uh to uh battle at the bargaining table and i i think the consensus is also that it probably won't affect the 2022 season and that's probably where you know teams are leaning at this stage as they do make these offers and, and have these discussions but so uh so yeah i mean so ex- extensions I, I i thought were definitely potential but um, it's nice to see some free agent movement as well. Anthony, if I told you going into this off season that you could add any one bat that is not a shortstop and you could add any pitcher to this Cardinals team that is not Max Scherzer. So you're not looking at the top of the market. Maybe you could put Marcus Stroman in that category as well, or Robbie Rakes. I'm not sure they're going to go 20 plus million dollars. Like you mentioned, what do you think you would be targeting if I put you in John Mosellock shoes? Yeah, so I would. You know, I, the shortstops are sexy, um, but you might be able to get by with what you have there. And, you know, we all feel good about the young outfield. Honestly, the guy I, that I really like for the Cardinals, and I, I did this in my free agent predictions, was Kyle Schwarber um, with the notion that we'll have the universal DH next year. That's not a guarantee, of course, but, um, you know, all of a sudden he becomes really attractive, I think. You could fill him in here and there in the outfield, but primarily use him as a DH if he's willing to go that route. Um, because I look at a team that, you know, had more plate appearances from the right-hand side than anybody last year um, and, and did not fare very well against right-handed pitching. You know, there's a guy who would address that need in a meaningful way. Um, so that, you know, again, I know, uh, I know it's really fun to think about, you know, a shortstop, a cornerstone type player coming there at shortstop, but uh, do, are they necessarily going to make that, that big splash for one of those top four or five shortstops um, versus a move like that, that, uh, you know, addresses a clear and glaring need and, and is in keeping with our times where you know, I, I think we've seen the last of pitchers hitting. I don't know that for sure, but it sure feels that way. We haven't, uh, at least I haven't heard a ton about, What's going on in terms, uh, and I think it's good, with the CBA. There hasn't been a lot of bad rhetoric going back and forth. Is that good? And do you think we get a deal in place by December or, let's say, the first of the year? Well, it's definitely good that it's, it's quieter than it was during the, you know, the shutdown period last year, um, you know, when the pandemic first began. It was, that was an ugly look for both sides, um, and I think both sides acknowledge that. So it's nice that it's being kept you know, pretty much in house. We do, we have heard some ink, uh, inkling of, of, of what's been put on the table. And it's interesting, you know, the idea of a salary floor, um, it, it comes down to can, can the players get uh, to free agency faster? Can they get to arbitration faster? Can they do better um, prior to arbitration, you know, raising the minimum? That's what this is all about is, is they're trying to get better compensated um, in their younger years. 
since free agency has trended more towards younger players and and gotten away from you know there's there's exceptions there's there's a players who who get that 10-year deal but those are superstars it's it's trended away from players uh, having their careers extended in free agency when they reach their mid-30s so that that's the main bone of contention um and there's a lot of ways to go about that and there's there's already been offers you know bandied back and forth proposals i should say uh bandied back and forth um and ultimately rejected (laughs) yeah uh, uh, to answer your question, uh, it's hard with so much at stake, with so much on the table. It's hard to believe that come midnight on December first, you know, there's an agreement in place. And if that's the case, then, as I said, it could drag on for a couple of months. Um, so my my ex, my, you know, where I've leaned all along is that probably something is put in place around the time that you know spring training would normally be starting. Sure. Um, and that's that's all that matters ultimately is, is spring training not being affected and ergo the regular season not being affected. Um, having the winter meetings affected is frankly not that big of a deal. Um, so let's hope. I mean, I certainly hope that uh, something can get in place by December 1st because that's the easiest scenario for everybody. We can live our lives as uh, as as the offseason typically plays out and, and that natural rhythm to it. But it's not out of the realm of possibility that it's that it's hung up for a couple of months. Yeah, it seems to be that's the direction it goes. Hey, Anthony, thanks for hopping on with us. Love your work. Appreciate it. We'll catch up very soon. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. You got it, uh, Anthony Castrovince of MLB.com and also um, MLB Network. I agree and I don't agree. I, I do want to see the normal rhythm of the baseball winter meetings and all the things that go in with it because it generates excitement for the sport. Ultimately, it's about getting on the field, and he is right about that. But I do love the ebbs and flows of a baseball offseason. It's fun. Yeah, I agree with him that the actual deadline is spring training. I disagree in that for us, I would very much prefer (laughs) them to also have a deadline of December 1st. So that way we can, you know, uh, have the normal offseason where we get to talk about who the Cardinals are going to sign and what the trades are going to look like and all of these different things that we go through throughout the offseason. Like you said, the normal rhythms and flows of it. Uh, I don't want to have that paused for three months. Me neither. I did want to ask you about Kyle Schwarber because, you know, I love him. He mentioned him as an intriguing option for the Cardinals. Man, he makes a lot of sense for this team. Left-handed bat, got a lot of power, has some experience batting leadoff. And right now, as I look up and down this lineup, I don't see a great option. Maybe there are options, but not a great option to bat leadoff against right-handed pitching. I really love the idea of adding Kyle Schwarber to this lineup. I know BT has talked about this recently as well, and you have certainly been all in on the Schwarber campaign He'd be a lot of fun to watch in a Cardinals uniform. Oh, absolutely. He's going to hit you 25, 30 bombs, and you know what you're going to get. But I guess if you're the Cardinals, you're saying, now, wait a minute, we got Nolan Gorman coming. Do we do that? Where does, and if Gorman's here, we want him to play. Does he DH? He can be second at second base. base. Does he, you know. Where, Figure it out with Edmund. All right. I'm mashing, Dan. I'm putting I'm putting a guy. Now, you're, at, gonna, now you're, you're saying to a gold glover. We're taking you out of your spot. We'll figure it out. Okay. These things work themselves. You had six uh, six starters yesterday. I've got too many guys to put into the lineup okay. every day. Yeah. Uh, th- these are those good problems to have, Dan. Uh, you saw what the I Dodgers agree. lineup looked like at the end of the year. We came into the season thinking, man, how are they going to make this work? They've just got too many guys. By the end of the year, they needed all of them. They'll, they'll figure it out. They'll okay. all get their plate appearances. I'm with you. Hey, <laughs> I can go in that direction. I'm with you, dog. Cramming more St. Louis sports talk into your brain. It's the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. 
show as always. Good job, BK and Tanner. And uh, you guys have three hours with Alex coming up. We have Blues Hockey coming up on 101 ESPN tonight. Blues Coyotes at 6 with the pregame with Alex. And uh, a big debut, a lot of anticipation. Scott Pronovich making his NHL debut tonight. We will talk to his former AHL coach, Drew Bannister, coming up at 1130. The Springfield Thunderbirds head coach will join the show to talk about what we are going to see from Scott Perunovich in his debut tonight. Jeremy Rutherford will join us after all of the press conferences today out of the Blues morning skate. He's going to join the show coming up at 1 o'clock. Of course, a lot of breakdown between now and the end of the show. We will start off, though, where we have been talking about for much of the day, Dan. Uh, there have been a couple of big moves in baseball today. What does that mean for the Cardinals? Where does this set the pitching market? And what does it mean for Jack Flaherty's future in St. Louis? Talk about that all coming up. All right, looking forward to it. That's next on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.